Hello, welcome to Hattrick. I'm Jordan Dollar Coltman. I'm joined by Elliot Tanti and Braden Dollar Coltman. It has been a wild, wild end to the first round. At the time of recording this, which is somewhere around 8.40 p.m. Pacific, making it 9.40 p.m. Mountain for the two time zones. The participants of this podcast are currently residing. Uh, the Seattle Kraken and the Colorado Avalanche are at the second intermission of a 2-1 game. So we may or may not. Oh, it's 2-2. Oh, it's 2-2. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay up to date on that as we go, but we're not going to talk too much about Live and alive. We, we got a lot else to talk about, a lot of other storylines, and obviously some Canadian angles. We're going to get to that. Let's do it. Here's topic one. Oh, I okay. lied. It was 2-1. It was 2-2, and I think they got the goal called back. It happens. That happens so often these days. <laughs> All right. Well, whether or not Elliot is a reliable scorekeeper for us, we're not sure, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, please update us, Elliot, if it does change. Uh, we know a few things, and we need to find a few more out. Obviously, there's also a game taking place Monday night. We're recording this Sunday, as I said. Uh, that game will determine who faces the Hurricanes in the second round. That game will be game seven between the Devils and the Rangers. Uh, so that one we don't know, but we know this. The Edmonton Oilers are through. The Maple Leafs are through. Lots of excitement and energy in Canada. Obviously, the Golden Knights uh, made quick and pretty comfortable work of the Winnipeg Jets, who had no pushback, according to their coach. Uh, so Winnipeg is out. So we have two remaining Canadian teams. And if I had told Gary Bettman a week ago that the number one team in the league who had set a record for wins in the regular season would be out, that the Seattle Kraken, an expansion team, would be pushing the Colorado Avalanche right to the cliff, that the other expansion team, the Golden Knights, would be through, and that the Leafs and Oilers, two Canadian teams, are through to the second round. I'm telling you, it's if for all those conspiracy theories out there who don't believe that Gary Batman wants the Canadians to win, he's certainly uh, not going to be looking very happily at some of his largest markets gone. Let's talk about the Oilers first, because obviously that's where our hearts are. Uh, Braden, it didn't start ah. so well. We had uh, some bumps and some... Some moves uh, along the way, some some tense moments, a lot of one goal games. In fact, I believe they were all except for the game five one goal games. Uh, the L.A. Kings winning their two games in overtime. We had three overtime games. It was a very another, you know, classic series between two teams. I said this, I think, to you as the series got started. I really feel like the L.A. Kings were built to try to beat this team. Yeah. Uh, and they, they got darn close to, to getting to the same level. Uh, but the Oilers are through in six. Uh a day after, how are you digesting it all? Uh, it my meal went down nicely, and uh, the digestion is is going very well. Uh, LA was a really good team, and they were much better than they were last year. So for us to, you know, be able to come come through that, um, not unscathed, but better for it. the The difference maker though really was depth. I mean, that's that's we've been trying so hard to just try to find some scoring beyond the top a couple guys and so for that to to actually come to fruition in this series uh it's just so it's just so great i mean you look at the you look at the moves that every team's kind of made around the deadline to see what impact it will actually have in the playoffs and to see a guy like costin who was a trade deadline or a trade acquisition at the very beginning of the season actually uh, make a serious impact on the ice. Uh, it's just great. It's really, really awesome to see everything kind of coming together. Um, but man, you guys, Evan Bouchard, like a couple, what, a couple years ago, I was, I was saying this might be the next Paul Coffey, and you guys all scoffed at me. And no, he, we're nowhere near 
you know, saying that he's going to be up in the rafters one day, but he is now pushing stats that are of the ilk of Paul Coffey. So it's just really great to see. And, and we're just getting going. Yeah. So you, you brought up a good point, which is, I think one of the big factors, obviously Leon dry with a fantastic first round series, just dominant. Um, I believe uh, two points the ice a, for like every goal. Yeah. yeah <laughs> two points a game um, uh, on average and, and, and just, made a big difference again one of the values of having a dual threat up front where you know the teams want to double team mcdavid because of the danger he poses and it always leaves an open space i actually thought it was very clever of woodcroft to do something we haven't seen him do almost all year which was double them up again put them on that top line you can see how they're actually more valuable in that position to each other because they act as decoys for each other you you just don't have enough men on the ice to defend a line like that elliot uh we talked about the depth though Braden brought up clem cost and I know there's some other guys um, for who, for you, who stood out the most in this series outside of the obvious uh, McDavid and dry Uh There's a couple for me. I mean, I, I, I think uh, Bouchard is one of them. Clem Costin, like you mentioned, got to give a shout out to Yamamoto with the series clinching goal. Um, but for me, it was really the back end as a whole and as a group and as a unit, I, at different times, uh, Different people stepped up, not offensively, but defensively. We saw Kulak be the best player on the ice one night. Uh, Ekholm did Ekholm things. Darnell Nurse, while not scoring, continued to be just a mean person to play against. <laughs> in the, for uh, And and uh, against a fairly heavy, uh, grind-you-out kind of team like LA is, you need a strong uh, defensive core. If there was one weakness on the team, you might be pointing to the defense. They really stood out. Um, uh, <laughs> Vinny Jane. Yeah, yeah, let's, Vinny, that's, yeah. That's, that's a tough one. And obviously that'll be a storyline going forward. You do have a rookie defenseman. You're going to, you're going to anticipate he's going to be exposed a couple times. It did feel like he definitely became More than a couple. Well, it be, he became a bit of a liability in a couple of those games. And it was interesting to see how they deployed him. But 11 on seven is a great way to be able to share him. some of those minutes and hide them when necessary. And Broberg, yeah. I thought actually played pretty well for the most part as a guy who we haven't seen a lot of throughout the rest of the year, just a stat for you to blow your minds here, guys. Yes. They lose two games in this series, but in the last 21 games, in fact, it has been 21 games since the Edmonton Oilers lost in regulation. They yeah. are 18 and Oh, and three. Three wow. overtime losses is all they have in the last 21 games. That is phenomenal, uh, obviously. And it shows you the confidence this team is playing with. LA couldn't beat them in regulation. They were down. The Oilers were down 3 nothing in one game, came back uh, to, to, to come all the way back and, and win that hockey game. And when you, have a, when you have a team that's capable of doing that, you know that series are never done. You know, you lose a game. Maybe you have a bad break. Look at the bad break. There was Skinner at the end of that game. Oh, a couple years goodness. ago. And on a lot of other teams, that would be like the nail. That would be the kind of thing where the team kind of falls apart. I'm sure they looked at each other on the bench and just sort of laughed. And were like, really? What's it going to take us to win this hockey game? But the confidence is there. Um, you know, I, it's question, amazing that that just to jump in on that, like yeah. Skinner let in some very questionable goals uh, early in the series. And that, goalie. <laughs> that the fact that it broke, it, I didn't see it. I could not see that as being a broken stick for the longest time i was like how is this happening again to an edmonton yeah. goaltender yeah. um but for them to be able to rally and finish out it's like oh, thank god the easiest no, I mean, goal down i was ever scored 
I mean, I think the turning point in the series is the is the second period where they came back and they got the three goals tied. From that moment forward, I mean, they were they always the best team on the ice? Absolutely not. And LA out, did, did outplay them uh, in uh, game five, I felt. but Or game four, sorry. But, you know, on the whole, that's what's shifted. It was from that moment forward, the others one went and won three straight games. And that, yeah. that was that was yeah. the part of it, right? Like, I so... I'm su- surprised at how, like, underwhelmingly physical the, the series was. I, I really well, didn't I, anticipate that. I, I'm not surprised. I think it was, there was a very physical game one, game two, and it's both teams got punished with penalties and both teams could punish each other on the power play. So two deadly power plays. They, that definitely changed both. I think the, the game plan for both teams. Let's talk for a second about some of the unsung heroes who didn't make a necessarily a score sheet impact, but I wanted to point out one guy. Cause for me, I thought he was an absolute critical part of how this team stayed in games when they were either down or when they were holding on to that one point lead. And that was Warren Fogel, a guy who I think has gotten much maligned over his time here for not quite like living up to the very high expectations that were placed on him when he, when he joined this hockey team. But Warren Fogel for me, every single time he was on the ice was making things happen. Great forecheck, pushing pucks deep, making sure that when we were chasing in a game, he was getting pucks to the net or two teammates to the net for opportunities. How many times did he either ring a post or come, you know, inches from from scoring? It was kind of one of those things where he epitomized in so many ways the the metaphor that Jay Woodcroft used earlier in the season or earlier in the series, which was, you know, we're just going to keep hitting this rock and eventually it's going to crack. You felt like for Warren Fogel, if this series had gone to game seven, he he was like that one game away. The hope is he can carry that into the next round because if he keeps playing like this for the Oilers, I think he is a, a very essential playoff type player where he may not score more than one or two goals all all playoffs, but every single shift he is out there, he is generating energy, he is generating momentum, he is generating important important minutes. And I, I for me, he was one of the standout players outside again of those uh, elite players that were. I mean. Drysaddle wins the series, but it, mm-hmm. a lot, you know, a lot can be said for some of the uh, unsung guys. Well, and I think everyone had their game, right? Like I was going when I was going back to the defense. Like there was that game where Kulak was outstanding. There was several games or periods where Fogel yeah. was amazing. Clem Costin, three massive goals. Who had Clem yeah. Costin scoring? You know, a game winner, let alone yeah. you know, yeah. a, a, nearly two. Hundred um, percent. But also Jack Campbell, like the fact Jack that Campbell, Jack Campbell Jack got in there. I, I, I agree that Skinner's the guy and you go back to him, but I would have been just as satisfied had Jack Campbell started that next game. You know, I saw something crazy like in the play in the series, uh, 18 Oilers have a point and both goalies have a win. And I think that's fantastic. That's great. Let's, um, Let's table the Oilers for just a second. We will talk more about them in the second topic when we get to round two, but let's just quickly run around the rest of the first round. We know a lot of them and Elliot can hold us accountable for our, some of our bold and bizarre picks. Let's talk about what we saw tonight before we talk about the Leafs. Let's just talk about what happened in Boston. Just an absolute, just like literally, I think you have to go back to Columbus beating Tampa for a more heavily favored team losing in the first round. I mean, Boston set the all-time NHL record for wins in regular in the regular season. They came in as 100 to 1 favorites. Like they're like it's insane how good they were. And they all season. And yet, right from the beginning of the series, you could see that something just wasn't quite right. They had goaltending that I felt maybe Olmark was hurt, not quite feeling well. I know there were some bugs going around that team. 
But Florida, man, they they hung around even being down three one. They they battle back in a hockey game. They battle back every game, um, chasing leads that were chasing opportunities that should never have been there, scoring important goals late in hockey games with the net pulled, like scrappy, competitive. It goes a lot to the coaching there. Paul Maurice is, in my opinion, one of the best 10 coaches we've seen in the last decade. Uh, a phenomenal coaching job to keep that team matched up well against Boston. And Boston didn't have an answer. They win it in overtime today. Florida wins it in game seven, and they're moving on. And that's a storyline to continue to watch because... I wouldn't want to play that team. You know, they're, they've got that like Cinderella magic on them now. Elliot, uh, I don't know if you watched the hockey game tonight, but I know you watched some of the series leading up to it. How surprised are you that Florida's moving through? And what do you think the ramifications are? Uh, is this the end for Bergeron? Uh, so I think, first of all, did watch the game to uh, the overtime tonight. Saw that it was 3-3. Shocked that it was 3-3. I, Florida tied it up with a goal, a, a minute left. Tonight, Less than a minute, which, yes. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, and so shocked and surprised. I mean, we all had Boston. Uh, Braden in four, Jordan in five, me in six. Uh, so we all got this one wrong. I think the entire hockey world got this one wrong. I would and be I- very shocked if you don't live in Sunrise, Florida, if you were – Anyone outside of there was given any stock to the Panthers. 100%. 100%. Maybe one household in St. Louis that the Kachuk parents live in. That might have been it. I think there is – this is a massive sports story, this collapse. And the way that this team, you know, what what's happened with Boston. But I mean, what is what are what is playoff hockey ultimately about? I think it's about how you face how you deal with adversary, and and adversity and. When you're a team that's had the success that Boston has had this year, they haven't had to deal with a lot of adversity. And as soon as things started to kind of come apart after the devastating game five loss where they could have clinched it and Allmark gave it up in the corner, uh, you know, it it just what Florida managed to do was plant a seed of doubt. And that that seed bloomed into a flower of despair. And that's ultimately uh, what happened here. Boston was not able to overcome adversity and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact they just not had to face any this year yeah is that what i you think it, it came down to Braden? was just the experience level here we had a team that w- went in maybe a little overconfident playoff hockey i think it comes down to exactly what elliot said this you, you can never rule a team out and you've got seven games to make it happen and they did we're forgetting that this was a president trophy team last year. Like Florida is there. They have the weapons and we've all seen in Western Canada, what Matthew Kachuk can do on the ice. So, uh, I mean, it's, it is an epic collapse. We're just, just around the story of it being a, a team that has, you know, set a, a, a league wide record or a, it's insane. It's, but it's good for the, it's good for narrative. It's good for the sport. And it's going to be, I think, uh, ultimately good for the Leafs. That's that's like, I, I mean, I don't think they were looking forward to playing Boston, even if Boston wasn't <laughs> the top team this year. Uh, so uh, the um, the team I mentioned earlier, the, the the thing I referenced earlier with Tampa Bay, the Columbus Blue Jackets swept Tampa Bay in 2019. Tampa Bay was the first seed. Columbus was the eighth seed, lowest in the division, I guess, conference. I'm not sure whether we had conference player or whatever, not back then, regardless. Point being, same goaltender both times, Sergei Bobrovsky. That's an interesting storyline. Not that Sergei Bobrovsky was the 
the entire difference tonight because I think you got to give Florida's offense a lot of credit in overtime. They pushed and dictated the terms. They definitely led uh, the scoring chances in overtime. Once they got in there, they made it, they, they made their opportunities count and just took it to, took it to, to Boston there. But Bobrovsky came into this series. He did not start it. He came into this series later, veteran presence, huge contract, lots of expectations his whole time in Florida. And this is definitely one of those redeeming moments for him where he said, look, I came here to win you some, some important games. And here we are to going to the second round. And it could be, it could be really interesting. Uh, we got to, we got to talk about your, one of your first questions there about Patrice Bergeron. This is yeah, sure, absolutely sure. his last game. Like uh, if you watched, if you watched yeah, it, right. yeah. he was hugging every single player uh, yeah, on the like ice on their way out, and it's Marshawn gave him a hug, like he broke into tears. Yeah, it looked it looked like that. the fans, uh, an amazing career, one of the best defensive players to ever play the game. Like he was a yeah. perennial sulky guy, and uh, yeah, it's, it's right, a Elliot. sad ending, but but uh, great career for Patrice. Elliot, Patrick. run us around the rest of the 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 first round here. Just let us, you know score keep for us tell us where we were and where we weren't wrong obviously we're still waiting on the Seattle score it's still 2-1 in that hockey game and we don't know the results of the the New Jersey one so but tell us about the other ones we've got the Hurricanes Islanders uh Hurricanes obviously winning that one yeah so what I've done here is I've assigned one point for if you selected the right team and you got an additional point if you selected in the right games regardless of the outcomes in either New York or uh, New York, Jersey, Seattle, Colorado. I will have won this round. They don't call it tanty polling for nothing. Uh, Carolina and New York Islanders. Jordan, you had the Islanders in six. Obviously, that's not a true. Nope. Uh, Carolina wins in six. Uh, Braden had them in five, and I had them in seven. <laughs> oh, what the hell? <laughs> All right, so one point yeah, each right. for that. Next, yeah. we have the Devils, Rangers, we don't know, the Leafs, Lightning. Well, yeah, dude, what we do know, this, it's crazy that... So on the on the Devils and Rangers front, just as a, you did have New York Rangers in seven, Jordan, so you can get two points. Oh, interesting. That okay. would bring you above Braden. Otherwise, you guys will end up tied. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, that's the next one. What was the next one you want to talk about? Uh, well, let's go Leafs Lightning. Leafs Lightning was very interesting. Jordan, you had Tampa Bay in that one in six. So unfortunately, no point for you there. Braden had Toronto in seven. I had Toronto in five. Toronto one in six. Another one of those. <laughs> nice. Let's just spend a quick second on these as I promised we would. So I'm, I, we probably have one or two people who listen in that are Leafs fans, maybe. Regardless, um, big story, obviously. We talked about it going into this series. This is a team that has not made it out of the first round since 2004. That is a heck of a long time to wait when you are arguably the largest hockey market in, in the world. Um, huge fan base, lots of uh, anticipation every single year and a lot of devastation every single year, but they find a way to make it happen. They slay their dragon. The lightning have been the, you know, the, the team they've had to face the last few years and can't get over that hump, but they're through question is, uh, I don't don't know how much you watched of it. I'm not going to suggest that, but what you've watched and knowing now that they've gotten over that first hurdle, uh, how do the Leafs make sure that it isn't sort of a one and done thing where all of that energy is spent just to get over that first hump? And do you think having watched what you've seen that they're, they're good enough to do that, Elliot? Yeah, Epsilon was a difference maker in that series. I ended up watching a lot of it. It was the day, it was the off day for the Oilers, and I like the early games. Uh, it's a fun thing to do while making dinner and stuff like that. So I ended up seeing a lot of this series. And uh, I think Toronto is dangerous. And I think now with a little bit of confidence, 
uh, they could go on a bit of a run here. Plus, they got lucky in with the Boston Florida series. Um, so I think it's a good time to be a Leafs fan. I man, I'm just praying for that Maple Leafs Oilers Stanley Cup final. Why? Canada. It would be insane. Insane. Yeah, that that's Gary Bettman's worst nightmare. Um, <laughs> uh, Braden, what did you see, and uh, what do you think? Do the Leafs are the Leafs for real here? Well, they for real are in the playoffs still after the first round. So kudos and good job. I think anything that happens now is you know gravy for Leafs fans. Uh, obviously, they want to keep this thing going and, and make it as far as they can. But I think if they were to get bounced out of the second round, they would still look at this as quite a success. All right, uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about their matchup uh, with the Panthers in a second. Uh, Elliot, obviously, none of us had the Panthers. Uh, we no. all had the Bruins, so no points for that series. Um, let's talk Golden Knights Jets. Yeah, this was a this is a good one for me. Uh, Braden unfortunately had Winnipeg, so no points there. Jordan, no good. <laughs> you, had, uh, you had Vegas in seven. I had Vegas in five. Obviously, Vegas wins in five, so there's two points there. Bingo. Uh, Oilers Kings, uh, remind us of our picks. Yeah, this one was good for you, Jordan. We all had Edmonton, so we all get a point there. Braden in four, me in five, and Jordan in six. And it was Edmonton in six, so Jordan's got two there. There you go. Uh, Stars Wild. Stars Wild, we all missed on this one. We all had Minnesota in either six or seven, and yeah. Dallas wins in six. So no no points there for us. That was a bad. That was not. That didn't look great for the show. Now just remind especially us, talking, especially because we kept talking about the goaltending in that one. It was like the goaltending for the Wild were they were just so inconsistent. Yeah. Now just remind us because there's four minutes left in this hockey game, so we're gonna know. But midway through the second topic here in a second when we're talking whether they're going to overtime or it's over the Kraken's still leading two one remind me again of our picks so this one Braden is still alive for uh two points we all have Colorado uh Jordan and six me and five Braden had Colorado and seven so actually I could be wrong about the New York series impacting this my math might be a little bit off here um but Braden is still alive for two points in that one if the game right. but I want Seattle to win so bad <laughs> Yeah, you'd rather lose that one at the end of the day. All right, that is our rundown of the first round. Uh, We will leave it there, and we will talk about the second round in a moment. Topic two this week is brought to us by Ellipses Thinking. Ellipses Thinking is the newest podcast from the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Host Greg Dallar-Coltman shares his conversations with people actively engaged in their own creative adventures, those who identify as artists, and those who choose to experience life through an artistic lens. They shed light on relationships that shape and inspire us as we meet the challenges, discoveries, and learnings we make when we courageously invite our creative spirit forth. You can subscribe or follow anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, let's do it. Here comes the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We know a few things and we don't know others. Let's start with the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. We know this. Uh, the Oilers will start on the road in Vegas. They, In fact, they have not left L.A. They practiced today in L.A. I believe they travel today or tomorrow uh, to Vegas. So this they will treat like an extended road trip, probably for the best, considering the chaos that has occurred at home. Uh Better for them not to have to fly home and then fly back to Vegas. I think it's just good, convenient timing for them. Uh, 
we have a bit of a history, I suppose, throughout the regular season to look at here. We have three and one as the record for the Oilers versus the Golden Knights. The big question marks for the Golden Knights' playoffs have been goaltending, but they were able to pull off a pretty convincing series win against the Jets. The question is, do the Oilers have the firepower to match the Knights? And this is obviously a very different matchup than what we just saw, where the LA Kings are a very defense-first team. Golden Knights are not that, but they do have very offensive defensemen uh, who can make you, you know, who can jump up into the rush and make a, make a big difference. Braden, you look at this matchup, knowing what you know, feeling what you feel, how do you feel about the LA, pardon me, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers round two? just as uncertain as I did with the Kings. Uh, there's a very good hockey team. They finished first in the Pacific for a reason. They have been good for some time. Uh, the thing that I see as one of their weaknesses probably is goaltending. Uh, Brassois has been fairly good in the playoffs uh, as of late, but I think that that's uh, a bit of a difference in terms of what we have been facing in the first round. So beyond that, man, like they, they have a lot of firepower. So, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to give up, too many pucks on rushes to the to the Vegas Golden Knights. Elliot, how do you feel about facing the Knights? Uh, good. I think it's going to be a hell of a series. Uh, these are two high-flying teams. I think they're the best teams in the division, for sure. Best teams coming down the stretch, for sure. Um, and so that's great. It's best on best. Would I be rather, rather than be playing someone else? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think it's going to be a fun series. I think it's going to be a long series either way. And uh, I think goaltending is a good question. I mean, I think health is always a question too. How well is uh, Mark Stone? How, what is going on with Connor McDavid? Um, you know, these are the, this, I think it's really the second round series where you really see um, uh, injuries start to kind of pile up and impact and do enough to actually impact outcomes for series. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's going to be a big piece of this as well. And can the Oilers maintain, if the Oilers are able to maintain their depth scoring, like they have, they, they, they did against LA, uh, they're, ba- they're going to outscore most of their opponents. Uh, and that includes the golden Knights as well. Uh, Brayden, I think that you bring up the interesting thing about Laurent Brassois. The thing that I think is interesting about it though, is it's like the Edmonton Oilers all year long. Um, have found ways to get that secondary score going. And I feel like Laurent Brassois is one of those goalies who if you can get to him early in hockey games, I feel like he just doesn't have the same experience as some other guys. And sure, Skinner's in his first post, but Skinner is such a steady goaltender. Um, I guess the other question, and this is sort of a weird one, but like, do, do the Oilers have a, a better scouting report on a guy like Laurent Brassois considering they did the first five years of his development? And a sure, lot of these guys so too played with the him. Jets, right? That he, he's played for the Jets sure. for the last few years as well. I, I mean, The Jets are a different hockey team than they Edmonton Oilers. They are. They are. Yeah. Offensively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do still think it's a, a considerable downgrade to what we saw in Corpusalo. Like, uh, yeah, I just, I think that that's, that's going to be the gap. All right. Ella, you got your pen ready. Let's make some picks here, boys. Braden, who do you have? Well, there's some have six. I gotta, I, I gotta, uh, <laughs> you gotta give them a little more time to sink in. I do think it's going to be a tough battle, uh, especially those home games. Like, uh, Vegas, Vegas plays pretty well at home. Elliot. Hold on, I'm making my graph here. You go first. Oh, okay. I'll take the Oilers and I was gonna say six. So I, can I say six, even though he's saying six? 
screw it. I'll say the Oilers in five. They beat the Flames last year in five. They lost one game and then went on to win four in a row. Remember, this is a team that hasn't lost in regulation in 21 games. I feel pretty confident in this hockey team in terms of how they can, if they can get out early against this team. Uh, The other thing for me, and I didn't say this a minute ago, but the Vegas Golden Knights play a very similar style to the Oilers. It's very wide open. I think that actually plays more into the Oilers' favor. Remember, this is the top scoring team in the league, uh, and they will exploit opportunities for odd man rushes. And I think they have a better chance of, you know, of, of capitalizing on that. The key for the Oilers will be defense, whether or not they can stop Eichel and stone and, and there are very talented players out there, but as we saw in the regular season, not only did they have a three, one advantage in the games they played, but even that game late in the season, they really shut down the golden Knights. And I think that they will be able to do that again. All right. Uh, Elliot, now you're, now it's your turn. You can't get away from it. Yeah, I also like Edmonton in six. Um, and so I'm going to take Edmonton in six. And Jordan, if you want to make Edmonton in six too, that's fine as well. We can, I think we can have the same numbers if we want. I'm sticking with five. I'm confident. <laughs> yeah? Fair enough. I'm, I'm confident. Sweep? Anybody, Braden, I know you're watching the Seattle game as well. Did you notice that Gorgiev has changed his helmet? That's just a weird side. He's note. also on the bench sure. currently. Well, who's in net then? Well, no one, because they've just pulled their goal. Oh, I'm behind, clearly. Um, <laughs> I think that they pulled him. Now he's been pulled out in my game. Anyway, I, I might be a second behind because I'm watching on the phone. Uh, Elliot. Well, as a goaltender, like how how much does that change your game? Uh, I don't know. It's just bucket. interesting because I've I've acknowledged multiple times during this year, I think he has one of the nicer buckets. It's like this <laughs> chrome silver helmet with the Avalanche logo done in like pixel dots. Nice. And here it's now red and blue with pixel dot, but they're white. So I don't know if it broke or he had an issue with it or he changed it. Anyway, Let's jump to the next series. We know uh, we have a few series, you know, but let's jump to the next one that we were just talking about Toronto, Florida, uh, big takeaways. We've already discussed kind of, but when you look at the matchup now for this, Elliot, Florida obviously comes in with a heck of a lot of mojo having just beaten Boston, but matchup wise, you have to think this still favors the Maple Leafs because they are the more offensive team. Yeah. I mean, after the celebration that was what occurred in Toronto after their victory. I imagine something very similar is happening in Florida right now too. And I usually go against the team that has that sort of big celebratory first round win in the second round because a lot of their energy is gone, but both teams have had that happen. So this is going to be really, really, really interesting, man. Toronto, Torontonians are going to hate Kachuk and I'm going to love watching them. have to deal with him. Um, I am going to take Toronto in this series. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs have a bit of a run in them. And I'm still, like I said, I'm hoping for that Toronto Edmonton final. So I'll take Toronto and I'm going to take Toronto in six games. All right. Braden. I also think Kachuk's going to do something silly in this next round. And I'm going to take Florida in seven. I do think it's going to go long. Man, the Florida Panthers are going to be exhausted Yeah, come time for the Eastern Conference final. I will take the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, in five. I think that they are the better team. I think that they have had a better goaltender. Uh, Florida's had to use both guys. Yes, Florida survives Boston, but I also think that they got in Boston's head. I do think it will be another very physical series. We saw how both their series and the Toronto series against Tampa were very, very uh, violent. (laughs) They got ugly. And I think that that could devolve again here. We have some players who like to get under their opponent's skin. I think Florida will win one game because of that. Uh, They will sort of get under them. But I really think this is Toronto's moment to, to, as Elliot said, go on a bit of a run. I I had Toronto going to the Eastern Conference final. 
because I thought they would be Boston in the second round anyway. But I don't know now how I feel about that because I think I thought you had went... Tampa Bay in the first round. I did, but in my heart, in my heart I had in my Tampa. heart. Hell oh, no, okay. yeah, swinging go back, back now. Go back to our just preview. kidding. Go back to our preview and and listen to what I said about Toronto. I, as an Oilers fan. Want the Toronto Maple Leafs to go on a long run because it takes a lot of pressure off the Edmonton Oilers. You're just all the attention, all the, the attention, with your buddy Tyler. We all know the attention will be on the Toronto Maple Leafs in the media. It's the truth. It, will it be. takes a lot of pressure off the Edmonton Oilers to have another Canadian team in there with them for a little bit of a run, I believe. So I'm going to take Toronto in five. Look, I'm way more confident than you. I like I like Toronto in five. I almost said Toronto in five. So I like the gutsy pick there. That's a that's that's a good gutsy pick. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, what well, we're about to find out here, I I, I mean, do we, we just wait, wait 30 seconds? seconds no, it's over. Sorry, guys. It's over. Oh, you're watching live. Seattle yeah. won it. Yeah. That's Dang. remarkable. My All right. Well, let's God. spend a second on that. Now, this is now breaking news. Let's talk about this. The Seattle Kraken, second year as an expansion wow. team. They take out the, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Wow. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So we know now that they will play Dallas. How do we feel about a Seattle Dallas second round series? Well, much better than a Colorado Dallas series. I'll tell you that much. This this can be that's gonna be a lot of fun. Both of those teams probably didn't expect to, to make it to the second round. And here they are. I mean, certainly not Seattle. This is the first expansion team to ever beat a defending champion. Uh there's Two a lot upsets of in one a night. lot of energy coming at that Dallas Stars team, and they, they were good. Like Seattle time. went on a mad <laughs> run in the in the season. Like this is a team that's really clicking. Yeah, something special is happening in Seattle right now. So uh, let's make some picks now. We know who's there. We've got Seattle and we've got Dallas. Who do you got, Braden? I'm taking the Seattle team. I I honestly think that there's something really really special about to happen. Dallas has a no, lot of veterans. To me. Don't do this to me. The Oilers are playing Seattle, and I live an hour away. This is gonna get real I hard. Love I love it. Uh, was it? How many games? I'm gonna take Seattle in uh, six games. Elliot. Oh, I so badly want to take Seattle, but I don't think I'm going to. I think this Dallas team has got something about it too. Uh, I was always really I was concerned about their speed. Their speed ended up not being an issue in the first round. There's a lot of older guys there. Um, a lot of guys that have been wanting it for a long time. They went on a run in the bubble. Um, not just a run. They went to the finals. Yeah. They, they, so they, they, the core of this team has been to the finals losing to Tampa. That's why I really like them. So I'm going to take Dallas and I'm going to take Dallas in five games. Can I ask, is Joe Pavelski still out? I think he He may never play hockey again. That was a brutal hit. Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't want to say in a take like that there, Jordan. It was pretty ugly, buddy. It's also been the third time he's Two been knocked ago, unconscious. Two days ago, looks good and may return for game six. Okay, so I can't listen to anything you say ever again. I don't think Pavelski, Pavelski should we'll play never, ever we'll again. Never play again. Jordan, Jordan <laughs> we'll take. never play again. Joe, Joe Pavelski Day should, <laughs> should never play contact it is, sports it is again. Concussion. Yeah, it's concussion. His third. Yeah, and Sidney Crosby's still playing, Jordan. One. Sid has had more than one concussion. One. He had severe post-concussion syndrome, and he was not knocked unconscious on the ice three times. I'm just saying, it, with what we know now, in the playoffs, no less. should not be playing. Anyway, all right, so I'll take uh, Dallas. I will take Dallas, and I will take Dallas in 
six. I agree with Elliot. I think this team's got a core that knows how to win because they've been to the finals and they've got a very hot young goaltender who is playing very well again for the second straight year in the playoffs. And I think that the way they played against Winnipeg um, showed me that they're ready for a chance and they're going to push for it. This could be another fun series, though, man. Seattle could just be a little shit disturber. This could be great. Speaking of shit disturbers, we need to step back here. We need a serious fact checker on our show because Sidney Crosby has... Four concussions in there his NHL Four, career. That's what I said. Shut the fuck um, up, Jordan. What that's the hell what I are said. you talking about? With such conviction. One. Watch, Watch what it says all in the right. edit. Wait, wait, wait till the edit. You see how, <laughs> yeah. how, how good it sounds in the four. edit. <laughs> four. Yeah, it'll, four. Uh, all right. Someone else's voice. Look, look. At the end of the day, if you're going to bullshit, you got to do it with such confidence. Yeah, but I can see it. I can see it. And so can our listeners. As far as I know, Joe Pavelski is actually, he's already like, he's already retired. He's moved on. He, I think he's coaching in Europe already. last week. Come on. He's coaching at the world championships. I don't know what you're talking about. He's moved on. He owns if four Joe car Pavelski dealerships. Comes back, the Joe Dallas Pavelski. Stars have a serious, serious chance. At Joe Pavelski will never play hockey again. He starts game one. <laughs> I picked the Dallas Stars. I didn't say who I thought was scoring the game winner. Yeah, no, please don't. <laughs> this is the tricky one. We can't really make a prediction on this. We've got the Hurricanes and the Devils or Rangers. Uh, I, I guess believe this is a game seven. Yo, uh, yeah, you guys, I, I literally last weekend bet my life on New York winning this season. We're so bad at predictions and knowing one, any facts like, on sports. That one was that one was bad. So, uh, yeah, I I... Let's just hold off. We can just do that off air. We can update the uh, listeners. Right, sounds good. Still awesome. think of great, Carolina. Great, great way to hold us accountable. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Then that was it. That is topic two. All right, we're gonna do hats off, and I want to make sure one thing is very clear here, Braden. I have yeah. facts. They're written down. These were researched from one source on the internet. <laughs> all right. Yeah, hit me. Who are you I'm taking my hat to? off this week to Drew Maggi uh-huh. of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh-huh. 33-year-old rookie <laughs> made his major league debut at 33 years old. Oh, he has been in the minors for 13 years. Oh, my God. Toiling away, working as hard as he can. April 16th, he got up to the bigs. He had one hit. They treated it like they'd won the World Series, but for... That brief moment, he had his moment, and they've already sent him back down to double A. But my hat goes off to him because, look, it's about perseverance. It's about sticking with it. Look at a guy like Vinny DeHarnay. How long did he play in the minors before he got his shot? Yeah. But it's a lot harder in baseball (laughs) because there's always new guys, younger guys, who are going to take that one position you play. And uh, give, give him a lot of credit. He got up there, made his hit, got his moment. Maybe he'll be back up again. We don't know. Hats off, Drew Maggi. Elliot, who are you taking your hat to? Yeah, my hat goes off this week to my San Diego Padres and the San Francisco Giants, who did this sort of fun series in Mexico. Yeah, they they did the, they played a two game series in Mexico City, showcasing the game out there. But last night was a treat. The final score was sixteen to eleven. Uh so just a <laughs> wait friends. for who? Yeah, uh, for the, obviously my great Padres. Oh, okay. Um, so this brought, that's why I'm raising this. But anyway, what an event. <laughs> That is 27 runs between the two teams in one game. Very, very impressive. Not exactly a defensive outing I think uh, uh, either team would have wanted. But uh, what? You see, if I had said that score, Braden wouldn't have believed me. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. No. 
I have right, to go check it. That's a really good one, Elliot. You're taking your hat off to both the Padres and the Giants. Braden. Uh, I'm going to be tipping my hat off to uh, Sir Jimmy Butler, who like went off, absolutely went off in the NBA uh, first round against the first seeded Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis's pride and, and team. Uh, he, he, he did some, he did some incredible things. Like he, he took over games. I think unlike we have seen since a player played for the bulls. Um, yeah. Just averaging some ridiculous numbers, 56 points, 42 points, 35 points. Like he just, he, he went insane and I don't think he's going to be stopping anytime soon. So um, let's see what the Miami heat can cook up for the rest of the NBA playoffs, but uh, tip my hat off to Jimmy Butler. Just had one final thought here on the Seattle Kraken as we've just, again, just realized this is happening and it's all kind of settling in. If they beat Dallas, the Pacific division has just destroyed everybody yeah. else because yeah. they, they go in there as the wild card. They had no business being in the central and here they are knocking off the defending champs. This is crazy. It's fantastic. It's great. And look, we've got one more game seven. We'll talk about it and all of what has happened in the beginning of the second round next week. Until then, thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram, or you can find out more about this show and all the other shows from across our network on the ordinary podcasting networks website, which is ordinarypodcasts.com. tomorrow. If you're a formula one fan, formula one is back. We have had about a three week break, but the Azerbaijan grand prix took place this weekend. Tyler and myself will give you all of our thoughts and opinions on what was an absolutely ridiculous, busy, busy and uh, a wild weekend in Azerbaijan. That will be tomorrow. Look for that anywhere you get your podcasts. That's the Pit Stop Podcast. Until next time, on behalf of Braden and Elliot Tanty. Viva la Red Bull. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Yeah, long live Red Bull. This has been another edition of Hat Trick. Hat Trick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler-Coltman and Braden Dyler-Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.